Open your Bibles this morning, if you would, over to the book of Mark, over to the book of Mark, and I want us to notice something that is so very important. You know, we're looking at the seven ups for 2013. Can anyone tell me what the first up was? Well, it's what some of you need to do, that is wake up. (laughs) And then there is dress up. And then we talked about look up for two Sundays. Now this morning, I'm going to begin the next up, and it's kind of a twofold one. I I even hate to say this word. The first one is shut up, and the other one is speak up. It's kind of a dichotomy there, isn't it? I mean, when I was a, a little boy, and you know, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, grew up a little Catholic boy, and grew up in a very disciplined school, and I was taught not to sass my mom. You don't sass mom. You don't sass an old Irish mother. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, whenever I did sass her and she had had enough, maybe I said shut up, we had a little bathroom off of the kitchen. And, uh, you know, we had the stairs of the basement going down there. But the little bathroom, she says, go to that bathroom. And she'd take us, you know, a bar of soap and wash my mouth out with soap. <laughs> Anybody ever had their mouths washed out? I think that sometimes we need that. And the water of the word and the blood of the lamb. It will clean our speech up. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about not allowing corrupt communication to proceed out of your mouth and, and all those various things. And that, that's a, another subject that we're going to, we're going to hit at another time. But this morning I want to talk about speak up. Look at your neighbor and say, speak up. And so I want to look at Mark chapter 11. And we're going to look at the inevitable law of faith today. Mark the 11th chapter. You know, we must learn to stand our ground in the face of opposition. Amen. Not drawing back, not tucking tail when the threats of the enemy speak to our soul. Did you know that standing your ground in God and taking your place with your authority as a believer, it is as much as part of the word of God is as receiving your needs met? Standing your ground is being a doer of the word of God. And my usefulness and your usefulness to God and for God. And by the way, he does want to use us. But our usefulness for God is measured by our ability to stand our ground in the face of opposition. Now, we're not talking about the love of God here. God loves us unconditionally. But if you're going to really have an impact on the kingdom of God, and if you're really going to be a person that possesses the promises for your family... If you're going to be a person that hears these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, when your life is over, you're going to have to learn to take your place and to stand your ground. Because you have noticed there are opposing forces that are arrayed against us. Now notice with me in Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. 
Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. And on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus got hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing. Now I want you to hold that phrase in your mind. What did he find? He found absolutely nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. You ever looked in your cupboards and found nothing? Have you ever opened up your checkbook and found nothing? What did he do when he found nothing? And this is a key for you and I. We can do what he did when he found nothing. You know, when there are leaves, there should be figs. And where there are no figs, and yet there are leaves, what that is doing, it's boasting of something that is not producing. It's an in-your-face, there's nothing here for you. Notice verse 14, what he did. Read it with me. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Read that again. And Jesus answered and said unto What did he answer? He answered nothing. He answered. And he said unto it. The fig tree. That was not producing any figs. And here's what he said. No man will eat fruit of this Hereafter, forever, and his disciples heard it. What I want you to see today is that Jesus was giving an example to them on how to answer things when they come to you that tell you there's nothing here for you. He spake unto it. Now notice verse 20. And in the morning, everyone say in the morning. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. You know, trees, they don't die from the roots. Trees die from the top down. Verse 21. And Peter, Peter, he called to remembrance and said, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And notice, Jesus said unto him, Okay. Here is the lesson, guys. Jesus never did anything except that he was going to demonstrate something that they could learn from. You know, before he left, he said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Notice with me in verse 22. Read it with me. And Jesus answering saith unto them what? Have faith in what? Have faith in God. Literally in the Greek, this says, have the God kind of faith. He's not just simply saying to them, just trust God. We should be trusting God. But he says, now I want you to know this, that you can have the same kind of faith that I have. You can have the God kind of faith. And as a born-again believer, you and I have the God kind of faith. 
The Bible says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. A measure of faith. What kind of faith has he given to us? I can see right away I'm going to have to get down here. What kind of faith has he measured to us? He has measured to us the measure of mountain moving faith. He has measured to us the measure of cancer moving faith. He has measured to us, glory to God, the debt removing faith. He said, now listen, guys, you have the God kind of faith. Now read verse 23 with me. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He's telling him that that's the God kind of faith operating. In other words... The lesson is this. When something talks to you, you better answer it back. Or in other words, don't just stand there, speak up. Say something. Don't just sit there and try to cast down imaginations in your mind because your mind is where the battle is. The mind is the arena of faith. And if you try to deal with Satan and all of his threats and all of his demonic forces in the arena of your mind only, you'll get whipped every time. But if you'll bring him over to the arena of faith-filled words, and you will keep your sword sharp, and you will declare what God's word has to say about your situation, you will whip that stinking rat every single time. I mean without a doubt. Say to the mountain is what he's saying. He said, if you will speak to the mountain, your mountain will obey you. Listen very carefully. Your mountain's talking to you. Yeah, it is. Daily. Daily. The mountain of those rebellious kids, they're talking to you, aren't they? The mountain of that pain in your body, it's talking to you. That mountain of depression, it's talking to you. That mountain of failure, that you'll never make it. Your papa never made it. Your mama never made it. And grandpa was a rolling stone. It's talking to you. I know it's talking to you. Because it's been talking to me for 30 some years. And these... Words don't come audibly, but these words come as thoughts. One thought from Satan acted upon and spoken upon can destroy your life. But one thought from God. Come on, somebody. One word from heaven can change your situation here on earth if you'll believe it and you speak it and if you will cultivate it. Listen, the word this morning is, is when your mountain talks to you, you better speak up. You better speak up. You need to answer it. Answer it with 
the Word of God. Now here's something interesting about Jesus. On that day, when he cursed the fig tree, he just spoke to it, answered it, and he walked away. He didn't hang around to see if it worked. There's too many people talking to things and then looking back at the thing that they've talked to to see if it's working. I say unto you, don't look back, just keep walking. You need to talk to it and then walk off. Well, I'll just keep talking, I'll just keep talking, I'll just keep talking. No, you're coercing yourself into believing it. What this is, is not parroting something, trying to talk yourself into believing something. This comes, folks, out of the abundance of the heart filled with the Word of God. This comes through daily meditation on the Word of God. This does not come by just pulling a promise box, uh, a promise out of the promise box casually every morning and saying a word every now and then. This comes from a lifestyle of faith. This comes from a person who's sold out to God, who understands and knows that the word of God is what stands between me and annihilation. And I'm not going down. I'm going to stand on the word of God. Come on, guys. Glory to God. Now look at over at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, notice with me in verse 1. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, he returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Here's a thought here for you. Notice that he was full of the Spirit. And when he was full, he was led. It's easier to be led by the Holy Spirit when you're full of the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up. We're we're acting now. We're acting on the first message of the year. Wake up. Enemy doesn't want you to hear this. We're just getting into the edge of it. Verse 2. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he got hungry. How many of you know the Lord got hungry? And the devil said unto him. In other words, here's this mountain speaking to him. If. If is the badge of doubt. If you're the son of God. Why don't you just command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus answered it. Jesus answered it. He didn't pull out his license and say, look, Messiah, you know, the one from Nazareth. No, he answered him saying, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. What I want you to see is this. Is he answered specifically in the area that he was being tempted with. He answered it with a specific rhema word. He answered it not with just the logos, but he answered it with the rhema. 
And the rhema is the spoken word which fits the specific season that you are in. We are all in different seasons of our life. But the word of God is an answer for every season. In other words, whatever you're going through and whatever you're facing, you are covered by the blood, but you're also covered by the rhema word of God. Not just a random answer, but a specific answer. Notice with me now in verse 5. And the devil took him up into a high mountain. And showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give you, and the glory of them, for it is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now notice, if now Jesus, here's the mountain talking to him. If, here's all you got to do. All you got to do is just get on your knees and worship me. And everything that you see, it's all going to be yours. Verse 8. And Jesus answered it. And said, get thee behind me, Satan. For what? You need to participate a little stronger today. Come on, let's, let's act like we're here today. Come on now. Get thee behind me, Satan. For what? For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt What did He do? He answered the temptation. Now notice verse 9. And He brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If, again, see the enemy's persistent. He'll come once, he'll come twice, he'll come three times, you got to keep coming at him. If he keeps coming, bless God, you just stand up, speak up, stay stirred up, and refuse to back down. If you be the Son of God, here's what I want you to do. Just cast yourself down. For isn't it written, he'll give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways? And in their hands they will bear thee up, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. See, the enemy sometimes will throw a partial scripture at you. And he was trying to deceive the master. But notice, and Jesus answered. What was his answer? He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Woo! In other words, buster. There's coming a time where you're going to hit the bottomless pit and every knee is going to bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And this is what I want you to see today. This is, this is your take home today. This is your, your homework. That Jesus spoke up. And that you and I must speak up. If we won't speak up, we'll lose by default. Stop thinking about those things. Stop worrying about those things. For heaven's sake, rise up and speak the word of God over it. Stop taking those thoughts to bed with you. And tossing every night back and forth, back and forth. 
Find out what is written. And then speak what is written. Resist every threat by answering the threat with the Word of God. Now, how many of you have come out of a family where there's been heart problems? Heart problems. How many have ever heard these words? You're going to die of a heart attack just like so-and-so did. Who's heard that before? Okay, some of you have. Okay, that's a threat. That's a threat. You know, we were kids, and the neighborhood kids would try to threaten us. Are you kidding me? I'd call my brother Tim. And Tim's been in heaven, you know, for, oh man, 10 years or so. Uh, but, but you didn't mess with Timothy Mark Thomas. He was one tough guy. And I was the baby brother, the little brother, and I was the apple of my family's eye. You know, you know how it rolls. I I mean, I just was. And you didn't mess with Mark. Because what I'd do, if I wasn't sure I could take this guy or handle him, I'd call Tim. And then I'd get behind Tim and start acting real bad. And Tim would take care of business. Well, you have an elder brother. Come on. His name is Jesus. And he never instructed you to handle the battles on your own. He's given you a sword. He's given you armor. He wants you to use it and speak up. But he is the one that fights your battles for you. The word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. And he's watching over it now to perform it on your behalf. So let the word of God do your fighting. You can't outthink the devil. You cannot outdevise a plan against him. It's the word of God. So resist that thought of having a heart attack by, here's a scripture, Psalms 91, verse 14, verse 16. With long life, he will satisfy me, devil, and he will show me his salvation. Oh, you're just not going to make it. You're going to die of cancer. No, 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 no. Shut up, devil. In the name of Jesus, I'm standing on this scripture. I shall not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. I remember when we first got married back in uh, 1977, we were working at Kenneth Hagin Ministries and we were pastoring a real small church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma, which is a uh, suburb of Tulsa. And... uh, I can remember just really some really bad symptoms going on in my body. I was only in my 20s. Now, I had just gotten off of drugs, and I had been all clean for a little over a year or two or so. But, you know, there were some alarming uh, symptoms happening in my body. I didn't know what it was. And it seemed like some of it was in the area of my chest. And so, you know, I'd go out to run and and, uh, just start running and my chest would start hurting. So, you know, the immediate thing that came to me was fear. I mean, the same thing that comes to me comes to you. I mean, you feel chest pain in your body. Fear is going to knock on your door. I mean, that's just the devil's game. 
And so I can remember uh, going to a prayer meeting at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. We'd have a, a time, kind of like a little mini chapel uh, before that we would, uh, you know, go to work and so forth. And this one lady, I shared with her what was going on. And she just said, and she pointed at me, she said, you know what? You need to tell the devil that your heart is going to live forever. I don't know why, I don't know how, but that just went off on the inside of me. And so when symptoms would come to me, I would say, devil, my heart's going to live forever. And then I heard Charles Capp say this. He says, your heart's not going to attack you. And I started saying, glory to God, I'll never have a heart attack. My heart will not attack me. I will live forever in my spirit. Hallelujah. My heart will live forever. That was a rhema word. And I'll tell you, since that day, I, I have really never, ever, ever had any, any symptoms. I don't know what it was. I, I didn't want to know what it was. But God quickened me. And God's no respecter of persons. I can remember sitting in a parking lot down at uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Brenda was in shopping. And I was having some real severe symptoms in my stomach. It was real severe. But I can remember just standing on God's word. And just saying what God's word. See, it's, it's in the infancy stages when you start hearing some of these things. That oftentimes the enemy will attack you the hardest. Yeah. See, some of you, even today, you know, are kind of looking at me like, this isn't true. This isn't real. Bless your little defiant heart. <laughs> it's just a lie. It's just a lie. The word of God is true. And I, I can remember just having just real strong symptoms of, of sickness and disease in my body. And, and I just stood on the word and started quoting the word. But I'll tell you, I was sitting in our car in that little parking lot. And it was like warm honey. Went from the top of my head right down through my whole body. And when that warm honey went throughout my whole body, I was completely healed. No one laid their hands on me. But I took responsibility for the word that I'd heard. Now, Jesus, he did not, when he saw that tree and it wasn't producing anything, he did not let us call the Sadducees and the Pharisees and let's have ourselves a fasting and prayer meeting. Let, let's call everybody up in the church and let's, let's, let's have everybody pray. Now, listen, and listen to me good. You got it? <laughs> We believe in praying, don't we? And we're a praying church. And we believe in locking shields with you. But we also believe in taking personal responsibility. Are you here? See, a a magical prayer is not going to make it go away if you're not doing anything. You have a personal responsibility to feed on this word for yourself And start believing it and start speaking it as a way of life. As a matter of fact, did you know, and I'm just getting into the edge of this. It's almost time to close. I could speak on this literally for another hour. So if you want to hear more, you need to come to the next service. 
Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He always causes us to triumph. Glory. You got to answer it. You got to do some speaking up. Well, how many, let's be honest this morning. How many of you have had some really severe financial difficulties since 2008? I mean severe. And maybe you hear threats. You're going to lose your car. You got to answer that threat. You got to answer with it. You know what? It is written, devil. My God supplies all my need. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm not going to lose my car. I may just get myself a better one. Answer the threat. You see, identify what the threat is and then answer it with a scripture. Here's, here's a famous, famous lie of the devil. A famous lie. Well, God really doesn't love you. He doesn't love you, really. He just kind of puts up with you. He just sort of, he sort of, he just kind of puts up with you. You got to answer that. You know what he answered that with? It is written, the Father himself loves me. The Father has made me fearfully and wonderfully. I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I am not a reject. I am an accept. I'm accepted in the beloved. You've got to answer it. Answer it. Speak up. Well, you're a failure. And look what you did last night. Or look what you did last week. You've been born again for five years now and you can't go five days without sin. And you are a failure. You listen to that? You'll start feeling like... (laughs) You'll go to bed and you'll pull the covers over your head. Oh, I'm such a failure. And you'll walk around in life with a failure consciousness. Listen, folks. You have failed before you even begun. You can't listen to that. You gotta answer it. You gotta speak up. I feel like I'm in the Super Bowl halftime right now. You gotta block that guy. You missed that assignment. You gotta do something about that. Don't let him catch that pass. Why don't you can that quarterback? For heaven's sake, why don't you step up and do something? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying to you. Why don't you stop putting up with that devil? Why don't you stop putting up with those lies? You got to step up, stir up, and speak up. It seems like something ought to be said. And did you know this? We've always heard the scripture that faith without works is dead, right? Or faith without corresponding actions is dead being alone. And of course, we we know how to act on the word to a degree. But did you know that speaking God's word is acting on God's word? Verbalizing and speaking and saying God's word is literally an act of your faith. I mean, it takes faith. To speak God's word when you don't feel like it. 
You're a failure. No, it is written, devil. Yeah, I may have fallen, but that's none of your business. It's under the blood of Jesus. And I'm standing on Jude 24, which says, Now unto him, he's able to keep me from falling again. Just because you, you may have fallen for the same trap a thousand times doesn't mean that the blood of Jesus and the power of God can't uphold you. But you got to believe it will. Well, you're so wishy-washy, you can't make up your mind. I'm not wishy-washy. I have the mind of Christ. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. My mind is sound. You see, what our words do is our words arrest the spirit behind the threat. Hallelujah. 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 And here's another thing. Jesus didn't hang around that tree once he cursed it and carry on a conversation with it. He just walked away. (laughs) He just walked away. You know why? Because the last word that is spoken is boss. How many of you grew up in a home where you had a strong mama? A strong, I mean a strong mama. And when mama said it, is that right, Ingrid? When mama said it, huh? When mama said it, that was it. Because you see, traditionally throughout time, mama's have always had the last word. (laughs) Mama's word is boss. Well, listen, you're not a mama. You may not be a papa. But God's word in you, coming out of your mouth, is boss. It's the final answer. Thank you, Lord. We've got so much more, but it's late. Let's all stand to our feet and thank Him for what we've heard. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's do some speaking up right now. Ushers come and make communion available. Say with me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. I am not a failure. I am his workmanship. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The word of the Lord dwells in me richly. And out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth will speak. When the enemy pressures me, when the enemy squeezes me, all that's going to come out is the rhema word of God. Well, have you been encouraged to speak up today? Amen.